Welcome to Points of Interest in the World of Employment on LocalJobNetwork.com radio. Today's topic, time management. I'm Lynn Molitor from the Local Job Network. Time, there just never seems to be enough of it. All of us have the same amount of time, and the challenge is using this resource effectively. My colleague attended a time management class earlier this year at MRA, the Institute of Management. So I invited the instructor of the class, Joe Feast, and my colleague who took the class, Marina Litmanovich, to give us some tips on how to conquer the time management challenge. Hi, Joe and Marina. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. So let's start by talking with Joe. Can you just give us a brief overview of your background and the work that you do at MRA? Sure. What I do at MRA is I am a trainer. I present seminars for a living. Time management is one of my favorite seminars to present, but I do things on leadership, management, presentation skills, customer service. I present a a wide array of uh, what people call soft skill seminars, which quite frankly, the soft skills are always the hard skills. And that's what I do. Fantastic. I think you're the right person to help us today. Thanks. So in general, where does people's time go? People's time so often gets sucked up by the urgent. Urgency is a big issue when it comes to time management. We live in a world where we're not overstaffed. We don't have what uh, some businesses call overcapacity when it comes to our employees. And I get that email, I get that phone call, we get a customer request, a customer complaint, and the urgent things are what take away so much of our time. Many of us have had the experience of showing up for work and saying, okay, here's my list of things I'm going to get done today. No matter what, this is going to happen. And we got 10, 12 things And then first email shows up, (laughs) your boss pops into the office and says, I need you right now. Uh, A colleague says, oh, we got this crisis. And all of a sudden, at the end of the day, you accomplished nothing on that list. And your time was all sucked away by the urgent. If there's one theme that I hear over and over, and quite frankly, I experience myself, is people's time gets taken from them because of urgent pressing crises. I definitely recognize that scenario. Definitely. <laughs> I know, and it's usually before the day even starts that the whole list goes out the, out the door. <laughs> exactly. So what would you say are some of the major time wasters? The major time wasters tend to be the kinds of things that many of us have to deal with every day. I already referred to the email that uh, we leave email open. And for those of us who are easily distracted, you got that little notification thing down in the bottom. And it's like, ooh, something (laughs) came in. I got a quick check. (laughs) And uh, email. We have the phone calls, voicemail, et cetera. Uh, Many of our organizations, we have some sort of IM software as well, which is for the really urgent. You know, email used to be for the urgent. Now we have IM uh, tools that are for the really urgent. Then there also is that work-related interruptions. The people who pop in have a question, where do you find this? Where do you find that? And for some of us, our biggest major time waster is those people 
who love to socialize. <laughs> you know, it's relationship building. I'm networking. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that really what we're doing is we're engaging in conversation that really isn't work-related. And though building relationships is important. And quite frankly, if you want to alienate me as a coworker, treat me like employee 07938, you will alienate me. You got to allow for that a little. Right. But there's got to be a limit. And those are the major categories. It's people and it's technology. Those tend to be the things that get in people's way. And I'm assuming that, I mean, that was quite an extensive list. And again, I'm like, I think you're describing me sitting at my desk. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. That one, too. Is that what you typically hear from students that come through through your classes? Absolutely. That's it's Joe, how do I manage my email better? Joe, yeah. how do I how do I learn to say no to some of those distractions? And quite frankly, that saying no is probably one of our key time management skills to tactfully, graciously, professionally without alienating saying you know what, I would love to talk about your trip to Denver. I'd love to talk about whatever, but I need to focus on this right now. And that, th- that's, yeah, that's exactly what I run into when I do my time management seminars. You know, it's interesting because sometimes I'm not even sure that no is a, is no an, a, an answer I can give. You know what? See, that's actually a very, very important point. When people ask you, hey, can you help me with this? Can you do this? I have choices. I do have choices. And many of us are geared to say yes. Many of us want to be helpful. We want to be team players. But saying yes to low priorities, saying yes to non-work-related things, end up taking us away from the higher priorities. Probably one of the best works I've ever read on this is uh, the author is Yuri, U-R-Y. He wrote the book, The Power of a Positive No. And what Yuri talks about there is to, in order to not make no so rude, you have to have a deeper underlying yes. Hmm. I say yes to the important. I say yes to the high priority. When I say yes to these these underlying issues, it makes it easier to say no graciously, politely. For example, you could say, that sounds like a great, great task. That sounds like a very worthwhile endeavor. And I would love to help. Unfortunately, what I'm focused on right now is X, Y, and Z. And though I'd love to help, this is something I'm going to have to pass on. Now, you notice, I don't even think I said the word no in that response. Right. But the message has been sent. That is one of the absolute essential things that people have to learn. If you're going to be an effective time manager, you have to learn to say no. There's no two ways about it. So let's build on that. So what techniques are good time management habits or... Fantastic question. The good time management habits, uh, more than anything, is here's some things to avoid. How many of us have this big, ugly task we don't want to do, (laughs) right? We just don't want to do it. So what do we do? We say, I know. I'm going to make a a list of all these little things I got to do, and I'll build this momentum, and I'll keep moving towards it. And so we get going on it thinking, I build this positive momentum. I'm going to be able to get to that big task. And then 
that big task is getting closer, so we add more little things to the list. And what happens is, at the end of the day, we never got to that big task. Right. One of my fundamental tips, techniques that uh, don't work is doing the little things, trying to build to the big things. What does work? I encourage people, tackle that big, ugly thing you don't want to do right away. Tackle it. Just dive in and do it. That's one technique that uh, I find works really well. The other is um, how many of us have had the experience of you work with someone and they've got piles everywhere and you say, hey, I need so-and-so and such-and-such. Can you help? And they say, oh, I know right where that is. And they spend 5, 10, 15 minutes searching for it. The fact is they don't know right where it is. Post-it notes and all over and piles all over is ineffective. There's no way of divorcing the topic of self-organization, filing, those kinds of things, whether they're electronic or paper. Mm-hmm. You've got to organize yourself to be an effective time manager. I do not know any effective time managers who have piles, who have disorder. That's probably one of the another big techniques that we really try to build on in our seminars. So, yeah, two things that don't work, uh, piles <laughs> and uh, working from little things to big tasks, do the opposite. Organize and tackle what I like to call the big, ugly thing first. I like sitting here with a smile for those people who can't see me <laughs> because I have to do true confessions now. I have a big project that I knew I had to tackle when I came into work today. And I started by doing all these small things. We're all guilty of it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm sitting here going, oh, my gosh, Joe's describing me. And <laughs> so have you gotten to that big thing yet? <laughs> yeah, I started like at about two and a half hours ago. Okay. All right. Well, hey, you're making <laughs> progress. You, you know what, though? I think you hit something very important here, too, is I have been teaching explaining, working with people throughout my whole career on time management issues, trying to be helpful in that regard. And you don't conquer this overnight. This is a lifestyle. There's a discipline here. And contrary to what some of my friends and colleagues think of me, I was not born a good time manager. I actually, uh, the reason I have so much passion around this topic is I had reached a point in my career where I felt I had topped out and was not going to go further and truly wanted to go further because I was not managing my time well. And so it became really uh, where do I want to go in life and career that uh, brought the issue of time management to the forefront. So I always encourage people, hey, there's nothing to feel guilty about here. It's I'm learning lessons as I go. And it really is a long road. And it's an ongoing road. I've been doing it for, like I said, helping people with time management issues, oh gosh, for over 20 years. And I, I still, every once in a while, make that list of little things uh, before I get to that big thing. Uh, I try to break through that obstacle thinking, this time it'll be different, and it's seldom if ever is. Well, and I think it's good that you share with everyone that, you know, it's okay to step back, kind of reevaluate where you're at, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's not like you can say, okay, today I'm going to start time, uh, a new way of working, and by tomorrow I'll be well on my way. I mean, they say it takes about 12 days to get into routine, so. Exactly. All right. 
yeah, I better. St- I don't have 12 days. My big <laughs> my big project is due in seven days. <laughs> so you gave us some good examples of the bad techniques that at least I related to. And I know I'm not the only one out there. So what are some things that we can, um, some good habits we can get in? Sure. To add up to that, one of my favorite time management strategies is what I call chunking. Oh. Chunking. Look how you can chunk your time throughout the day. For example, email. If I leave email open all day, I spend all day dealing with email. How about scheduling four 15-minute chunks throughout the day where you say, for these 15 minutes, I will open email, I'll respond, deal with what's there, and after 15 minutes, I'm closing it. Chunking. Oh, interesting. Do that a couple times a day. If your job is driven by lots of voicemail, phone calls, chunk or batch would be another way of saying this. Batch your returning calls. Do don't return calls the moment they come in. Schedule again four, five, three, two, fifteen, thirty-minute chunks of time to do that. So so often we read about multitasking. Mm-hmm. I look at it more as multi-grouping group those things. That is uh, a theme that I present throughout the seminar, whether it's email, conversations, meetings, whatever. How can I chunk my time? Which then means I'm leaving chunks of time for other things that are more important, higher priority. And I don't let my day get away from me with dealing with email all day, phone calls, etc. So then... You're more in control because you're planning versus being in a, in a reactionary mode all day long every day. That's a good way of saying it. It's the difference between reaction and response. Reaction carries the connotation of immediacy. Something yeah. happens and I react. A response is a planned action. Uh, I stop. I think. Mm-hmm. And I respond. Um, that's where I'm going with that kind yeah. of idea. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I know a lot of times, because I have the email that'll pop up in the corner, that little notification thing, and then I'll see something come and it's like, oh, that's quick. I can answer that. Well, I am, my attention is being taken away from what I was working on. Exactly. Another time management tip that tends to work really well for people is all the time we hear people say, I need to prioritize my schedule. So what do we do when we prioritize our schedule? We write down all the things that are due today. What's due this morning? What's due right after lunch? What's due by the end of the day? We really, when we quote unquote prioritize our schedule, we really organize things by how urgent they are. Here's a time management tip. Instead of thinking I'm going to prioritize my schedule, how can I schedule my priorities? Oh, what okay. are the priorities that I have? What are those big things? And, you know, they don't always have to be big, ugly things. You know, I referred to that earlier. But it's that what are those large tasks, those long-term goals? A, a, a typical example would be many of us 
have annual goals we have to work on. Our organization, we have performance reviews, performance appraisals. And, you know, for 2012, I will do these things. So the last two weeks of December, (laughs) I say, okay, how can I (laughs) knock these babies out of here? Right. You know, right? How can I do that? Well, instead of saving it up for the last two weeks because you're too busy, quote unquote, doing the real work the other 11 and a half months, how can I schedule my priorities. Where can I build in an hour a day, uh, two one-hour chunks in a week, three Mm -hmm. one-hour chunks in a week? Where can I build that into my schedule? And instead of always reacting to the urgent, I'm responding to the most important priorities. Those are two tips that uh, most people tell me they find to be among the most helpful tips. The other thing I know as a team leader myself, I always try and offer, you know, when I have a request of someone, I always try and give them that priority so that they don't have to guess at it or ask me. And I know just this morning I asked someone, you know, can you do something for me? But this is like low priority and I don't even need it done today. You know, by the end of the week would be fine. That's a very, very good strategy. And one of the things that I always want to know, I, I love the all capital letters ASAP, <laughs> you know, as soon as possible. Well, I'm thinking 2014 is about two years out. Yeah, 2014, <laughs> that's reasonable to me. No, let people know, hey, here's why it's due today. Here's why I need this tomorrow. Here's why I need it by the end of the week. Or, hey, I need this in a two-week period, anytime in the next two weeks, be clear in your expectations. And also, from a personal time management perspective, I want to be able to say, if you want it in this time frame, let me see if I can do it. And build in, again, some response time. So that way I can say, you know what, that's realistic. I can get it to you in two weeks. One last note on that. Always remember Murphy's Law. If things can go wrong, they will. One one of the biggest mistakes I make as a time manager is that I always estimate my time thinking everything will go perfect. Right. Build in slight cushions. Again, 2014, Mm -hmm. that might be too long of a cushion if it's 2012. But to just always give yourself a little bit of leeway there is important because, hey, things go wrong. Things don't always go as I had hoped. And I think that's, some, that's a way we can keep ourselves out of trouble. Right. I think that is good advice. Yeah, because whoever is requesting something of you, that's when they want it 100% good to go. So you you need to allow that backup time to, if it doesn't work the first time, you got to allow some time to correct it. Exactly. So that's good. So um, what would be some of the first steps a person should take if they want to adopt some of these time management techniques okay. on their own. Something that you can do. Well, you know what? You, we've gotten to an issue in our discussion here where, and at one point when I teach time management, I make this point as well, time management is really a misnomer. As you said in your introduction, we all get 24 hours <laughs> a day. Here is the bitter pill, as some call it. The bitter pill when it comes to time management It's much more about self-management and self-discipline than it is about time management, which 
is a terrible message, <laughs> a message I hate. And trust me out there, if I ever come up with a way of time management not being an issue of discipline, I'm becoming Joe Feast Inc. And I'm <laughs> going to make a whole lot of money charging people a hundred grand a day to come to my seminar that's entitled Time Management. It's not about discipline anymore. Right. Here's the secret formula. There isn't one. There isn't. So what is the first step? The first step is coming to that realization. This is about me managing me in relation to my time. Mm -hmm. There's got to be that ownership. It it, it is absolutely essential. Now, what I'm going to try to do over the radio without (laughs) any visual cues is to get started with time management. You really need a way of looking at time. We sometimes call that a paradigm. A paradigm is a way of viewing everything. Uh, And in terms of time management, everyone imagine two intersecting lines. You have a vertical line and a horizontal line, and they intersect in the middle, leaving you with four quadrants. You have an upper left, an upper right, bottom left, bottom right. Okay, those four quadrants. In the upper left, you have important and urgent things. Important and urgent. Okay. That's what's often referred to as quadrant one in time management. They are the things that have to be done. They're absolutely essential and they're urgent. They're screaming. They got deadlines. Mm -hmm. Where do you start with time management? You got to understand that quadrant one is your quadrant of crisis. And most people feel like they live in that quadrant 90% of the time, the quadrant of crisis, putting out brush fires. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back to that point in a moment. What is the upper right quadrant? That's called quadrant two, and that's the quadrant of the important but not urgent. Okay. It's very important, but it has no deadline. Things like prevention, relationship building, (laughs) pondering, recognizing new opportunities. You mentioned being a leader, a a team leader, a manager, anticipating what's coming up, working with your staff, developing your staff. Those things sometimes get neglected because though they're very important, there's no urgency attached to it. Yeah. 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 And now you've got the upper left. It's important and urgent. You got the upper right. It's important, not urgent. If we could find time to do important but not urgent things, relationship building, planning, what happens to those crises? They often shrink if only we could find the time. Mm -hmm. So now, okay, we got these two upper quadrants. Here is the, where do you start with time management? The place to start with time management is the lower left quadrant. It is urgent, just like the upper left, but it's not important. Urgent, but not important. Time management experts tell us that from the top of an organization to the bottom of an organization, if people haven't gotten good at looking at time in terms of quadrants, they spend 55% of their time doing very urgent, but unimportant things. Well, though I feel like 90% of my day is dealing with crises, If the statistics are true to our reality, it's more like 55%, more than half of our time, we get sucked into 
urgent things that truly are not, not important. important. And that's a killer. See, that's a, how do I find time to do the proactive, the upper right quadrant two stuff? It's important, not urgent. You got to say no to the lower left quadrant three. It's urgent, but not important. By the way, everyone, why would someone do anything unimportant? This actually begs another question. How do you define what's important and what's not important? Right. Right? Yeah. Right? And there's one source. There's one source that everyone in every company can go to when it comes to determining what is important or not important. It starts with our mission statement. Now, very few of us have memorized our organization's <laughs> mission statement. But what do most mission statements say? We provide this product or service and want to make a lot of people happy. You determine importance by how this activity contributes to meeting the mission. You have to be mission-minded to be a good time manager. That's why these four quadrants are so important. Okay, real quick to wrap this yeah. up. The bottom right, it's not important. It's not urgent. Everyone, you know you're wasting time. <laughs> and get ready for a crucial time management tip. Whenever you're doing something that's not important and not urgent, here we go. Here's the tip. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. You know you're wasting time. Don't do it. So your question was, where, where do I begin? It really begins with the four quadrants. And real quick for review, a vertical horizontal line intersecting in the middle. Upper left, it's important and urgent. You must do those things. You can't neglect them. Upper right, it's important, not urgent. It's the proactive. You must find time there in order to shrink crises. Where do I find it? Bottom left, quadrant three, urgent but not important. And then finally, quadrant four, the bottom <laughs> right, stop, stop. It. It's not important, it's not urgent. So let's switch gears and um, talk to one of your students, Marina. Um, but first, Marina, why don't you tell us um, what kind of professional work you do at the localjobnetwork.com. So we put, we don't, we actually don't do the same thing. So we don't No, I'm a senior account executive. So a lot of my day is separated into cold calling, dealing with customers, customer service, but I'm now switching gears into management. So on top of my daily responsibilities of customers and calling, I have two people that report to me. So I also have to make sure that they're on track and they're performing to company standards. Oh, okay. So, so you took a formal time management class from Joe um, earlier this year. And uh, why did you decide to take it and what did you hope to get out of it? Yes. First of all, it was a fantastic class. I learned a lot from Joe. Um, Thanks. But really, my problem was that shifting gears and shifting focus into more of a management role. It was hard for me to understand, okay, I have my stuff to do and all of these urgent, important, urgent you know, not important mm -hmm. things to do, but how do I separate my day and still make enough time for helping others? Um, that important stuff that maybe is not necessarily urgent, um, you know, reviewing calls for my team, helping them with specific questions and answering everything. Where do I make the time with my own things and helping the team in general as well? So I really wanted to take the time management class just to learn to organize my schedule and my day more, um, help me set priorities and really help figure out what is, you know, my top priority. What should I be focusing on? Mm -hmm. 
So uh, what was uh, the most valuable lesson that you learned from the class? I wouldn't say there's one specific, but I learned a lot of techniques, um, you know, definitely how to separate my urgent and important tasks. I realized that a lot of what I was doing was the urgent, not important, answering emails from customers, taking phone calls of how do I do this, how do I do that. Um, really chunking has helped me a lot. I have an hourly schedule now that I keep track of and there's certain things for example at 10 and 2 that I'll devote a half an hour to checking emails because if it's really urgent my customers will pick up the phone and they'll give me a call. Um, that's how I look at it. Also here as you know Lynn we get a lot of emails um, right. so I've closed the notification button so, oh, my you emails, have. so my emails don't pop up. A lot of the times when I start my morning usually from 8 to 10 I keep my emails closed um, so I have time to do the important things that I need to do like my new business hours and calling and cold calling, that's where I make the most profit for the organization and that's where I need to be spending the majority of my time. Oh, see, now that's interesting. Now I'm learning things. See, that's a great example of what it means to be mission-minded. That's exactly what you're describing, Marina, there. Uh, exactly. I passed. All right. I, <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like Marina at least got A plus here. <laughs> So it's been a few months since you took the class. So do you find yourself still managing your time effectively? Or are there any areas that you're, you still find that you're struggling? You know, I, I definitely manage my time better than I was before. I'm not an expert. Um, I like to procrastinate a lot and I find myself stopping myself and making lists. Okay, I need to do the big thing first. It's so hard to not procrastinate, but it's all about the discipline that Joe mentioned and saying, you know what, I need to get this done. This is the most important thing for me to focus on right now. So, you know, I, I still struggle, but I'm definitely much better at it and really outlining my day on that hourly basis, closing my emails. A lot of that stuff has really freed up some of my time um, where I am able to focus more on the important. You know, that closing the email, I'm very intrigued by that. And it's like I challenge everyone to give that a try. It feels great. Including myself. It really does. And just a quick side note, we do have to recognize that there are some people in roles, let's say a, a customer service representative, <laughs> they're paid to live in right. quadrant one. They're paid to live in the land of the urgent and the important. And so that might not be an option. But what I always encourage them in terms of chunking is find one hour a week where all the other reps try to protect that one person and give them that one hour of that proactive time because they do live in the land of the urgent and the important. But anyone who doesn't live in that land, I, I, I totally back your challenge on that, Lynn. <laughs> it, is a great, it is a great tip. Yeah, and I'm glad you I'm glad you did point that out. I mean, yeah, we are offering ideas here, but some of these ideas, people, they may not pertain to you. You may not be able to um, exercise them. So exactly. <laughs> who do you think? And I'll ask either one of you. Who do you think would benefit from taking a time management class such as the one? You took it MRA. I think anybody, anybody and everybody. I think you always have room for improvement. Um, you know, just thinking of the, the information that I learned, I kind of wish I learned it before I really did, you know, going into that management route. I wish I learned that information when I first started. Um, so I did have the specific tools in place. And, you know, I always had my email open and I was always being distracted. I didn't really, you don't really think about that kind of stuff. You know, I need to keep my email open. I have to have an open line of communication with my customers. No, you really don't need your email open eight hours a day, especially, well, you know, some of you do, but in the role that I'm in, right. um, you know, a lot of the times I'll have my team members come up to me and say, hey, do you have a minute? I have a quick question. I always say, is it urgent? 
because if it's urgent, we can address it and I can stop what I'm doing. But if it's not urgent, then let's schedule some time later this afternoon or later in the morning where we can talk about this. So I think anybody can really gain a lot from this class. By the way, Marina just did a really great job of demonstrating a way of saying no. Is this really urgent? Yes, we can. If it's not, hey, I'm available at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever. She never said the word no, but what she did is she took control of how she manages her time instead of someone else dictating how she manages her time. And again, if it's truly urgent, you know, if the place is burning down, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, then I I will give you the time. But you asked, you know, who needs this? There's many different uh, ways of approaching the topic of time management. But the fact is, unless you're really familiar and can say honestly to yourself, you know what, I live day to day by the four quadrants of time management in terms of how I manage myself and my time, uh, how I do that. The four quadrants are part of me. They're the way, I gotta have a way of judging time. And the four quadrants are the best way I've ever seen anyone describe, anyone ever lay out a way to evaluate your time. So who needs it? Anyone who that isn't part of your ingrained um, mechanism for evaluating how you use your time. So Google four quadrants of time management. I mean, it's very universal uh, concept. Uh, Understand, though, you know, and Marina, you can attest, I probably spend close to 20 minutes taking people through that model. Mm -hmm. and, and, And there's some misinformation that goes along. For example, quadrant three and four, the two lower quadrants, sometimes people call that, well, the less important. No. It is absolutely not important. important. You must get rid of, there are no degrees of unimportance. There's many degrees of importance. If it's trivial, busy work that must be done to keep your organization moving forward, it's above that horizontal line intersecting the two. It's in quadrant one or two. If it's below it, it has no value and you should never do it. That's not a point that always comes out in the different things I look at when I compare how am I doing my program to others. Mm -hmm. So that really is a key. So uh, Joe, is it common for people to need time management refreshers every so often? And I have to admit, I didn't tell you this before, but I did take a time management class, but I took a time management class so long ago that Email was still on the mainframe. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking I need a refresher. (laughs) Absolutely. I teach time management. I do seminars on time management a half dozen to a dozen times a year. Whether Whether people are coming to MRA at our conference centers or I'm going to companies to teach time management. And the fact is... Time management is a daily challenge for me, someone who's been teaching it and helping others with it. It is something that we have to keep top of mind. And refreshers are never a bad idea. But I got to come back to the theme of self-discipline. If you're like, okay, I've done this. I know it. I know that I've allowed myself to slip backwards. Do you necessarily need a refresher? No. Uh, Could it help? Sure. But if you... It has been a while, and (laughs) you're like, you know, boy, I just need more ideas. It's always a good idea. And the fact is, one of the things I do, if I'm going to teach this, I have to live it. 
every six months, twice a year, and I hate doing this. I just hate doing this. But every six months, I actually go through my day and I do a time log. I track how I spend my time that day, oh. moment by moment. Not, you know, I'm not. Uh, I sit down at my desk. It's eight o'clock. I open email, let's say, mm-hmm. and I'm working on email. And all of a sudden, the phone rings. I glance at the clock. It's eight thirteen. I scribble eight thirteen, and I pick up the phone. I deal with that. When did I hang up the phone? What did I do from eight to eight thirteen? Mm-hmm. Write that down. What was this phone call? And most people resist this idea, and quite honestly, so do I. I hate doing it. I force myself to do it every six months because there's no better way of really getting a handle on your time than tracking it. Because if you don't track it, what you're doing is guessing, and that isn't going to be effective. We're too generous with ourselves. Very few of us try to lie when we track our time, (laughs) but we just round up. Right. You got to do that. You got to do that. So, uh, yeah, a couple thoughts there as far as refresher, not refresher. It'll never hurt, but also got to come back to the issue of discipline. So if people are unable to take a formal training class, do you have any uh, suggestions on where they could go to get some help or advice? You know, that's one of the great ironies, right? I don't have enough time to go to a time management <laughs> program, right? right? And, I hope uh, I worded that question. I, I, no, 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 because uh, I run into that all the time. And, and the fact is not having enough time to go to a time management program might be a perfect reason to go to one. Uh, <laughs> but there are many resources. I mentioned Googling the four quadrants of time management. Without... Spending a penny, here's one way you can get yourself going on this. Many of us, the day before vacation, do not want to go on vacation with a bunch of stuff hanging over our head, right? So we make a list, we write down, we say, these are the things I will take care of before I leave today so that when I go on vacation, when I'm in the Bahamas or wherever vacation leads me, I will not have this hanging over my head. And do you notice how effective you are with your time management that day? It's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's totally how I'm wired. How about managing my time on a daily basis in that manner? It brings clarity. It brings focus. So without spending a penny, every day manage your time in terms of tomorrow I'm on vacation. I don't want stuff hanging over my head. Now, there's a limited uh, return on investment there at one point, but it does bring clarity. So there you go. There's one thing you can do if you're too busy for a time management seminar and it won't cost you a penny. Use your tools would be the second thing. Broadly speaking, you've got three time three categories of time management tools. For many of us in the office, we have something like Outlook, Lotus, uh, some sort of uh, electronic time management tool. Use it. Some of us are smartphones. You know, Mm. smartphones have just so revolutionized so many things. They can be a very effective tool. Now, I'm going to reveal a little bit of a bias. Uh, If I was independently wealthy, I would be what you call an early adapter. I'd buy the latest, greatest technology. I'm not independently wealthy. So I love technology answers to time management. 
All my friends laugh at me because I use the paper day planner. <laughs> They're like, Joe, you're such a geek, you know. <laughs> Grandpa used the time management <laughs> tool called the day planner. For my job, which is very appointment-driven, it's the perfect tool. I have to, wherever I am, be able to see everything at a glance. Uh, my smartphone is too small because I've tried smartphone tools. Outlook. I don't want to carry a computer with me wherever I go. And I like my time management tool to be both professionally and personally integrated. So my day planner, the paper day planner, does that for me. So use your tools. And a quick side note, many people come to me and say, Joe, I've tried that and I hate Outlook. I hate the paper day plan. I feel like I become a slave to it. And I tell people then, you're overscheduling your time, and your time management tool is a tool. It is not your master. Right. You got to make it work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Then, real quick, there's two books that really I think do a fantastic job. Peter Drucker, you know, one of the oh. grandfathers of modern management, he wrote a book called The Effective Executive. You don't need to be an executive to find a lot of helpful time management tips in there. He was the real first articulator of the important, urgent quadrants. Um, so he's that's a really good resource. And even if you're in no management or no lead role, it can be very helpful. The other book is written by the late Stephen Covey called First Things First. Hmm. And that really is taking the four quadrants, and he expanded that whole concept into a book that has some real practical places that you can get ideas from. It's got lots of practical stuff in there. Uh, It may be out of print. It's still worth tracking down. Uh, There's many other modern books as well, but... uh, If you don't think in terms of the paradigm, I'm going to refer people to the two books, The Effective Executive by Drucker and First Things First by Covey, because that'll make it very real. Okay, great. Well, in my attempt to manage our time together today, I'm going to have to end our conversation here. But this was very helpful, and I, I, I obviously learned a lot of new things, which I openly admitted, and I'm sure our listeners have too. If you have any ideas for future topics of points of interest on localjobnetwork.com radio, please do drop me a note at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. So thank you to Joe Feast from the MRA. You're welcome. We hope you can come back again and share your expertise with us because I know you're teaching some other classes too that you kind of got me thinking about. That would be my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you also to my peer, Marina Litmanovich, for sharing your personal experiences with us today. You're welcome. I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.